When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And welcome to episode 129 of the Chesney Unchained. We're coming to you down here from the lab at Six Zero Football Academy and Parker today, uh, coming to you over Zoom. Make sure you get down and support all your local Colorado teams uh, at the bar and studio off of Colfax down in downtown Denver. That place is special. Check it out at thednvr.com. Make sure you check out everything we do at Six Zero at Six Zero Football Academy.com, uh, and then at Six Zero Academy on Twitter and Instagram covers the Gambit. So we have a lot to talk about this week. It's a short week for the Denver Broncos as they play in. Uh, Turdville, Cleveland on Thursday night. Um, so we'll get into a lot of that. We'll try and wrap up as much of the college football uh, landscape as we can from last week and talk about some news uh, early in this week that has hit after uh, an interesting uh, week of college football and then talk about a lot of NFL issues, so on and so forth, and, and then move forward uh, into a Thursday night big one uh, against the Browns. Next week, uh, my boy Lonnie Paxton, who's a three-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots, He's going to be joining us here on McChesney Unchained to talk about uh, a variety of different things, but all things NFL, college football, and uh, his Be Nice campaign, uh, Be a Kind Human uh, campaign that I'm really trying to try to focus on. He's trying to help me be nice, uh, but we'll get into all that as well. So like I said, this is episode 129 of McChesney Unchained, and like always, it's brought to you by our good friends at DraftKings and all the National Football League fans. I know you're hungry for a big win this week. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL, has got you covered. <coughs> Excuse me. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do win, you win $250 in free bets. The winner, winner, chicken dinner is that simple. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get skin in the game with new DraftKings uh, same game parlays. I love the same game parlays. I, I hit one damn near every weekend, although I didn't do so well last weekend, first time in a while. So we'll see how we how we go Thursday night moving forward. Uh, you can combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR to bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $250 in free bets. If they win, you win uh, with the promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the National Football League. You must be 21 or older, Colorado-only, new customers-only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Do you have a gambling problem? Call one 800 522 4,700, and uh, uh, McChesney Unchained rolls here, episode 129. Okay, so let's get straight into this. Uh, college football. Uh, Colorado goes out, shuts out Arizona 34 to nothing, and they look pretty good. Uh, long touchdown passes down the field to Rice and company. Uh, Woods with an unbelievable play that garners him, Pac-12 uh, special teams player of the week with a block scoop and score. Uh, that there was really a big time play to really explode uh, the afternoon. I, I felt that they were on the verge of really, you know, breaking out of their shell, and they surely did. Thirty-four to nothing is about as good as it gets. Uh, being on the other end of a thirty to nothing uh, blowout loss this year, it sure did feel good to be on the, the good end of that thirty-four to nothing win. They looked like a really good football team, although they were playing maybe the worst Division One team in football. So I got to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt, but, but. You know, they, they open up as big dogs to Cal on the road. Cal lost last Friday night to Oregon uh, in Eugene by seven. Uh, Cal's lost all their games this this year by one score. It's going to be a dogfight. Uh, CU can absolutely go on the road and win this game, but they can absolutely go on the road and get beat as well. So we'll see uh, what, what Cal has in store for the University of Colorado. But they've got to find a way to build on this. Uh, I'm really, really proud of the resolve that the young men showed and the coaches. Uh, the, the subtle differences there turned into a 34 to nothing beat down of Arizona, which I will take every single fucking day. So tip of the cap to the buffs, sing that song, baby. Uh, and let's go to Berkeley and get a huge W uh, before they in turn turn around and go to Oregon uh, in two weeks. So you definitely want to go to Eugene riding the two game winning streak. So this is a huge game against Cal this week. They need to control time of possession, continue to get Broussard involved. The offensive line can continue to gel. Uh, and, and and play well. And look, the defense really balled last week from Carson Wells and everything he did. And look, let's just be real. Carson Wells is an absolute monster. He he destroys Arizona every time he, times he plays them, by the way. But that kid, 26, is an NFL draft pick. He's going to be a really, really good pro, in my opinion. I love the way that he plays in his position for versatility. Obviously, the hammer, Nate Lambin. Uh, if they had a little bit better record, I think he'd be the front runner for the Buckus. And I, I honestly, I don't see how he can't be uh, top three on that list. 53 sets the tone for that team. And it really gets the most out of everyone around him. Mustafa Johnson came back, made a huge play, big TFL. And you can see the fire and desire there for 34 to be back. Terrence Lang played his ass off. T Lang is an absolute monster. Another guy is a draft pick. So there's four guys right there, in my opinion that are draftable this year as, as uh, juniors or, and then the other three being seniors, Lang being the junior. And they really set the tone for the defense and the defense played their asses off. Um, my man Perry, number five, getting his first pick of his career, that was huge. And MP really sets the tone for CU in that secondary, Christian Gonzalez, Paul. So I think that they have a huge opportunity to go on the road in Berkeley and really beat up on Cal. Cal's pretty good, though. They're sneaky good. Even though their record isn't very good, they're still pretty damn good and tough. And Justin Wilcox has them playing, you know, hard-nosed ass-kicking football. They've lost every game that they've lost by one score. Uh, I actually coached best from Nevada. The offensive line coach was in here 
uh, recruiting last week, week and a half ago, talking about how they went on the road and beat Cal in the opener, and it was a dog fight and how hard it was to go get that win in Berkeley. So, you know, he, he made me feel after talking to him about a lot of the different things we spoke about that CU's got to be able to run the ball on him the way that, that Nevada did. They really controlled the line of scrimmage that whole game. So we'll see what happens there, but a huge win for the Colorado Buffaloes. All right, so LSU and Washington State both lose head coaches. Now, uh, Washington State loses their head coach, Rolovich, because of a vaccine mandate. The state of Washington is requiring state employees to have a vaccine. Um, he didn't have one. He loses his job as a Division One uh, head coach, which I can't believe. Like that, that's nuts. But I mean, it's what it is these days, man. I I had to go get vaccinated to do my job and do what I wanted to do. Those are the fucking rules, and I may not like it, but if I want to do what I want to do, I've got to go do what they said. I mean, I, I hate that it is the way it is, but. I'm not going to stand out there with a fucking sign and like protest and shit. It doesn't do anything. No one cares. Uh, people act like they give a shit, but they don't. And in the great words of Mitch Hedberg, I'm super against protesting. I just don't have a way to show it. Um, so, you know, the Rolovich and, and his guys lose their job up in Washington state for this reason. But then on the flip side of things at LSU at Oregon, uh, the Ogeron, the, the great head coach that won the national title down there with Joe Burrow, he gets fired and, and, and relieved of his duties for a variety of different things. I mean, it was the wild, wild west down there at LSU, uh, free for all. For the, the players definitely didn't respect the head man. The head man's got all of his girlfriends out at practice. Their girlfriend's kids are, like, taking reps with the guys out there in practice and shit. Like, like, this is a fucking carnival ride or something down in Baton Rouge. And for a guy who said that was his dream job, he sure did live in a dream reality, uh, you know, down there banging the interns and God knows God knows how many groupie, you know, chicks at, at Odron was, was parading around the facility and letting kids practice that, you know, while he's up in the office with mommy and that just shit's getting weird. It, it reeks of Bobby Petrino, but I don't think anybody's going to whip Ed Odron's ass. Bobby Petrino got his ass whipped. I don't care what anybody says. He didn't fall off a scooter. That motherfucker got beat down by uh, whoever's boyfriend, uh, caught them, you know, <laughs> the old hanky-panky, as they say. So, uh, look, LSU's got some searching to do there for a head coach. I've heard a lot of different names from Mel Tucker to Wayne Kiffin to, you know, every name in the book, Bob Stoops. Uh, they'll hire somebody good down there. LSU has no problem spending money. Uh, and their expectations are national titles and not to do some of the clown bullshit that they just did. So, Cole Taylor is a tight end. We placed down there for Grand Junction. He plays for LSU. So for the sake of Cole and that and that program, I hope they hire somebody good. Uh, okay, so getting off of college football, uh, you know, the last week was a was a good week. It was interesting. There were a lot of good games, uh, but you know, it, it it's the the ebb and flow of college football. You know, Iowa goes down to Purdue. It's it's why I'm I'm advocating for an eight to twelve. Uh, team playoff and we'll see if it ever happens because there's so much damn parody in college football this year uh it, it's kind of crazy okay so moving forward here into the national football league uh baltimore absolutely hammered the Chargers 34 to 6 um <clears throat> lamar jackson is the front runner for the mvp on the afc side of things uh probably kyler Mur murray is the front runner for the mvp on the nfc side of things josh allen is a close second in my opinion lamar's done more with less uh, you know, his whole damn team is, is hurt around him and he's still out there balling and 
dictating how the defenses play him rather than the other way around. And he is just as dangerous as dangerous is. Uh, my, my son, Logan, absolutely loves Lamar Jackson. He's his favorite player on Madden and on Sunday. So uh, it, Baltimore is, is a really, really good football team. They're smash mouth. They're going to be a lot to deal with. The Chargers had a shitty day. They got dealt with. They got some issues they need to fix. Uh, Justin Herbert did not match Lamar Jackson in any way, shape, or form. If anything, he kind of shriveled. Uh, his team went on the went to the East Coast and got hit in the fucking mouth. Uh, and, you know, if that happens again, that could have been for a playoff seed right there. So if that happens again, the Chargers, the Chargers are really, really good, but they still have that Charger streak in them where they can just go out and get dealt with and look really shitty at the same time. So we'll see what happens with them, but they got dealt with. Uh, the Rams absolutely hammered the Giants. Uh, I didn't think that, that Danny Dimes should have been playing after he couldn't really walk off the field last week after the game, but he was. Uh, so, you know, it is what it is. The Rams are real. Um, they just keep getting better. It's kind of, they're kind of under the radar a little bit, but not really. Uh, that, that NFC West, you can have a, a team be like 14 and three and, and be a wild card team at this point with Arizona being undefeated. Uh, but the, the Rams are real. They beat the hell out of the Giants. Arizona improves six and oh, beating Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland is the Broncos opponent here on Thursday night. We'll get into that here in a minute. Um, Kansas City, with, despite playing as terrible as they did, uh, they outlasted Washington 31-13. At one point, it was 13-10 Washington. Um, I'll say this again. This is the hypocrite bull. Um, you know, the, the fact that the Chiefs can keep their name, but the Redskins can't keep theirs is ridiculous to me. And I'll counter with this. Anybody who says Chiefs is an enduring term, walk up to a Native American as a, as a white guy or whatever and be like, hey, Chief, how you doing? And see how that goes over? Probably not too well. Uh, so that, that's all I'm saying. Just just let's have some consistency here. If we're going to make sure everything's as politically correct as possible, then uh, that's cool. Um, so <clears throat> the, the, the Chiefs setting at three and three are going to be a problem for people in the AFC. They can really ball. Um, their defense played better Sunday. Once they figure out some of these problems defensively, they're going to be there in the end. Uh, so the, the more they're slept on, the better it is for Kansas City. Uh, you know, the Buffalo now has two losses in the AFC. So you're looking at the one seed maybe in the AFC having three, four, five losses maybe with the extra game this year. So Kansas City is still in the running for all of that uh, as the AFC West continues to unfold as well. Uh, Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers went to Chicago, the Windy City, uh, and dominated the Bears. Uh, they only won by 10, but, man, when you score at the end of the game and turn around and tell the fans that you own them and you've always owned them, that is the epitome of an ass beating. Uh, and he's right. I mean, he's 22 and five or some shit against the Bears in his career. Uh, that is absolute ownership. So, you know, Cleveland, uh, or excuse me, Chicago, that sucks, man. You're getting dominated by a guy in your division after being dominated by Brett Favre in that division for as long as uh, as you did. So Chicago's got to get their shit together. Uh, Green Bay is really, really, really good, man. They're scary good. They've won two games on the road, back-to-back -back weeks, ugly in Cincinnati and then in Chicago. So if they can continue to build on that and win these ugly games, eventually they're just going to keep clicking and, and keep uh, – getting better offensively. Randall Cobb's really stepped in and, and filled that role opposite of, uh, of, of uh, Devontae Adams pretty well. The Tobin, their, their tight end, receiving tight end is a really good player. And they're going to get back to back at left tackle. And Billy Turner, 
the right tackle, you know, straight from Aaron Rodriguez's mouth is one of the guys that's really kept that offensive line unit together. Billy's Dungeon family and best of uh, luck to him as, as the season continues. And he was absolutely bowling again this weekend as well. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so the Cowboys went and won in overtime. Uh, they, they helped me hit a six leg parlay on Sunday. Thank God they won uh, to, to kind of cap off Sunday afternoon. That was nice. Uh, thanks to our friends at DraftKings, obviously. Um, and then, and then we go straight into the Broncos. Okay. The, the Las Vegas Raiders walked into Empower Field here with the Broncos and absolutely shit stomped Denver. I mean, it was an embarrassing loss. And I thought they would lose last week. I said it on multiple platforms from Altitude to the Fox to the show last week. I thought they would lose. I thought they would play shitty, and they did. Um, I think Vic Fangio is the problem. I know that there's guys out there saying it's only 30% coaching, but it's 100% a motivation problem, and they are super, super, super unmotivated. Um, they're not playing hard. The effort is terrible from Cortland Sutton giving up to the lack of effort by Justin Simmons in the middle of the field, making the wrong decision, but then also jogging after plays. The effort on defense is terrible. Um, it, it seems like they're underprepared, if even they're prepared at all. Uh, and they had no answer for Max Crosby, who was absolutely dominating both tackles uh, in the game, as I knew 98 would do. Um, and then, look, the Raiders looked like a team inspired playing to prove people wrong. And the Broncos actually looked like a team that bought into people saying that the Raiders didn't have a coach and there was no way the Broncos would lose this game. And this is the layup and shit like that. I thought the other way that the Raiders would come in super motivated uh, and, and ready to play ball and, and go after the Broncos. And they surely did that shit. They went after the Broncos hard. Um, and it, it was over. It seemed before it even started again, no creativity defensively, uh, the, the defensive scheme, when you have that kind of secondary, uh, when you have that kind of secondary, just from a, a, a paced up perspective, I mean, they're, they're super overpaid at this point for how they're performing, but you have those guys in the back end and you're still not running creative scheme blitzes and zone blitzes with backside defensive ends dropping and Mike will cross dogs and putting Vaughn on the same side as, as Malik Reed and actually being able to pass rush with both guys with some creativity. Uh, you know, we saw, we saw in, in what was the game this weekend? Uh, man, it was Tennessee last night. They were putting Bud Dupree and Landry on the same side and it caused one of the fumbles that Allen would gave up because they're, they're confused on where they're supposed to be sliding. You're putting two elite guys on in one-on-one pass rush situations. So that, those are the things that coaches have to do. They have to put their players in position to be successful, and they definitely weren't doing that shit. Um, so, I look, I, I don't think that there is a way to fix this. I think that they're going to go to Cleveland and Bill Callahan and the, and the Browns running game, regardless if Baker plays or not. Uh, I think he will play because he's trying to earn that money and, and be tough blue-collar Cleveland guy. Uh, I think he will play. Felton is a really good back if Hunt and Chubb can't play, but I bet you Chubb plays too. I would think that those two are going to go in and, you know, Beckham is still on the field. Hooper's still on the field. They still got dudes. The offensive line isn't as beat up as the rest of the team. Miles Garrett is going to be a problem. Jadavion Clowney is going to be a problem. Malik Jackson, you don't think he's going to be motivated to play against his old team, 97 for the Browns. He's going to be a problem. So I just feel that the offensive line alone and their scheme and running the football, they're going to butcher the, the Broncos, especially after watching the Steelers and the way they did the Broncos dirty in the trench. 
the the Browns are 10 times better than Pittsburgh, but they run kind of the same zone type scheme. It's not out of the gun, mind you. I understand the offenses are different. I'm saying the point of attack, like inside zone scheme, they run a similar, and the Steelers butchered the Broncos up front for 250 yards rushing. And and the, the Browns could put two, 250 on Denver if they don't come out prepared. There's not a lot of like practice time you can get during a Thursday night or Thursday night week for prep. Uh, they play Thursday night the week of this week. There's no physical practices or anything of that nature. So it's going to be the guys just going out there and, and grabbing their nuts and playing fucking ball. And I'm concerned about it. I am super concerned. I do not think that Vic Fangio should be the coach here anymore. He's not getting anything out of his guys. They're, the message is not resonating at all. And I, I don't see, like, look, if you're just going Tom Cruise and Trumpet Thunder, just go nuclear scorched earth, okay? You know, then, okay, leave Vic in position, leave Patty Boy there playing the offensive calls, and that's that. I guess the season's over, and hopefully we win one or two more games, or hopefully we just lose everything. And then, you know, we can we can put – ourselves in position to get a quarterback that we can build around for the future. I said this this morning, I was on the Fox with the master Rick Lewis and the great Kathy Lee talking about the Broncos on one Oh three, five. And I said this, like you can't, and this is just off the top of my head. You can't pass on Dak Prescott man. you can't pass on, on Russell Wilson. I know it was a long time ago. They still passed on him and you can't pass on, on Josh Allen. You can't pass on Lamar Jackson, so on and so forth and expect to be any good. You can't. You've got to take a chance on one of these guys. Just because Paxton Lynch didn't pan out doesn't mean you don't swing and, and, and try and hit a grand slam on Josh Allen. If you miss with him, you get another one in. And that's the beauty of the rookie wage scale and the fact that there's no more bonus babies. It was supposed to keep teams from not being scared of making mistakes. And in turn, now it's like the public perception and the media perception of what might 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 happen is, is worse than the monetary you know, uh, the financial problem that could arise if he's overpaid and is a bust. So the opinion of fans, like being angry that a kid busted is the reason the Broncos don't go after players in, in, at the same position. That sucks. I'd love to see Josh Allen in a Bronco uniform. That one seven could look like a big number seven to me. I mean, he's a modern day John Elway. The fact that they didn't run him for a touchdown last night, like I was about to run through the wall. I had him and Tannehill scoring touchdowns rushing in the game, and it ended with Josh Allen running the worst quarterback sneak I've ever seen in my entire life instead of, like, using his big body, getting on the edge and going in for six. So that cost me a good five grand last night. Thanks a lot. Um, but, but look, man, the Broncos have an uphill climb, to say the least, on Thursday against Cleveland. I don't think they win in Cleveland. I don't care if Case Keen's playing or not. And I'm not a Bronco hater. I'm a realist. Um, and they've got to figure this out because it could get really, really, really ugly, really fast. And then it's the the like the cliche bowl of Pat and Vic standing up in front of the you know the press conferences and the media and just repeating the same stupid shit for the next twelve weeks is going to get really old really fast. So look, I hope they win, but I don't think they will. Although I, I do think the bus go on the road in Cal and get a huge win. Uh, to put us at, at three and four and, and in a huge position to go on the road uh, in Eugene the next weekend and maybe pull an upset. So next week we will have Lonnie Paxton on the show to talk about all things football related, three-time Super Bowl champion with the Patriots and my ex-teammate with the Denver Broncos. 
the show, like always, brought to you by our good friends at DraftKings. Thank you for everything that they do. This is episode 129 of Chessy Unchained. Uh, thanks for listening, folks. Remember, you can check out everything at Sixers Academy on Twitter and Instagram and download the podcast any, any and everywhere you download uh, the Apple podcast. So check it out. We appreciate everyone listening. Have a great day.